0: Movie. by minutes. minutes, project number five, it's Silverado this time, that's no jive, by Lawrence Kassman, who wrote the show, Best <laughs> settle up now kids, cause here we go! Howdy and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute's host examined the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan directed western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts this week, uh, the executive producer of Silverado Minute, Jim O'Kane, who's also the host of the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute.
1: And, mister, I'm your guest host. (laughs) Now why did I say that in that intimidating rough tone? that's not usually me. Hello everyone. I'm Brett Stillo, uh, fellow movie by minute podcaster and lovable rogue, uh, joining, uh, Jim here for minute 83. And yes, I, 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 used rather, uh, a rough tone there. Not, not my usual thing, but, uh, I, I think it ties in well with what we're about to see in minute 83. Yeah,
0: it's definitely, uh, a, a rough, rough and tumble episode beginning with, uh, well, it starts out innocently enough with, uh, Emmett, uh, shooting shooting the the needles off a cactus which is uh i guess he couldn't you know shoot the shoulder blades off a fly so the cactus was nearby instead to do that um but he uh he's firing uh he goes back to his uh his horse grabs a uh grabs a pistol uh six shooter as matter of fact and fires off six shots just in time to be told you're empty mister
1: yeah yeah that's when
0: that's when his day went from nice to oh so bad
1: and, and uh, this this could be the, the again, this is the a very, a very you know, things are turning. yeah. You know, we've, we've uh, for 82 minutes, we've uh, followed these guys and we love their adventures and we, we are invested in them. And now things are going to take a dark turn for each of them one by one.
0: Yeah, Emma's, Emma's having a bad day here. And, uh, you know, yesterday you were talking about how these guys have uh, cowboy superpowers. And uh, I got to say, the bad guys in this are really good with a lasso. <laughs> of course. Uh, you know, and it's not, not some easy way. They, they all uh, managed to throw not one but two lassos around them and, and managed to, to get Emmett on the ground and look like he's ready to be uh, cut in twain from the uh... Yeah,
1: yeah. And now, you know, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but it, it seems that, you know, in, in Western lore or Western movie lore, more, more often than not... The lasso is, is, it's like a dirty trick. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't know of many, like, uh, there's, there's there are probably exceptions, but it, it seems like that it is, it is more of the, uh, uh, the tactic of a, of a blackguard and a curter yeah. yeah, to use it's, a lasso. It's like dirty fighting.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, you're, you're, you're handcuffing your hero. You're throwing it around. You, you know, sometimes it's a whip too. I mean, you'll have a, a whip wrapped around them and they can't move and, uh, it's just, you know, you're unless you're Batman, uh the lasso is for bad guys. Um but still just an ama- an amazing skill to have. I d I don't know if you've been to uh the uh Will Rogers State Park just outside of Beverly Hills there, but uh if you ever get a chance, uh, up up in uh Will Rogers State Park, uh just a little bit up the up the hill from uh from OJ's house. Uh, <laughs> There is—it's actually the old Will Rogers Ranch, and Will Will Rogers was a real cowboy. He could, you know, rope and uh, do rodeo work and all kinds of stuff. But uh, it's a fascinating place. If you go in there, there is a uh, a running—not tr- uh, a running track. Now, of course, the thing escapes my name, but it's a it's a corral, an indoor corral that is uh, 90 feet in diameter, and uh, Will Rogers was able to pay out a lasso hoop. That was ninety feet in diameter. he could spin you know a forty five foot radius around him with a lasso and keep that keep that rope off the ground spinning it um if you know it, there there are real cowboy skills i live I live just outside of Fort Worth and uh uh the Fort Worth stockyards has a regular rodeo every Friday and Saturday night and you go there and see some roping and tying it's amazing what you can do with a piece of rope that uh, <laughs> Uh, I, it, uh astonishing and even though this kind of looks like superhero stuff there are i know i have seen people that could do these kind of things with a with a rope um just uh I, I i i this is this this what we're watching here is very careful editing but there are there are guys that can that can really handle a, ro- a rope that well
1: yeah and um, yeah i mean and a, a gun for that matter to, to take it maybe just one step back um you know, when Element is doing the quick draw, yeah, uh, that's just that's maybe the best example. One of the best examples in a Western movie of shooting from the hip. There's your there's your metaphor taken literally. He is, you know, he's not lifting the gun up. He's he's aiming with his eyes, and he sort of knows, you know, where the gun is. You know, he's not and he's not looking at the gun. It's yeah, he's he's shooting from the hip literally. Again, uh, so yeah more more cowboy superhero powers and uh and you know the the power of the lasso included
0: and uh, if, if i remember correctly you uh, you had mentioned yesterday about the um there was a behind the scenes uh featurette that was uh, done about silverado and i remember an interview with scott glenn where he basically practiced just doing the draw for about eight hours a day he just that's all he did was he had a he had a gun strapped to his hip and he just whip it out whip it out whip it out and uh interesting seeing him doing this as a southpaw just uh just pulling the gun uh a left-handed gun out for the for the draw but he would practice that he'd also practice cross draws where you'd reach in with your right hand and pull it out um but he got very good at it we're working with the armorer, and and learning how to how to be a you know western cowpoke
1: yeah it must be very uh intoxicating because you know you hear about other actors um, you know, and they learn the tricks, you know, spinning uh, the cult. And, you know, and you're, yeah, your various, again, cowboy superhero powers. And, yeah, to, to be able to, uh, is it, you know, the total, total tangent here, but if you remember the great Robert Culp. Yes. And he had a story, you know, he, in the 50s, he did a, a Western show called Trackdown. And I remember seeing him in an interview in the early 80s talking about, Yeah, I I got really into it, and there was one time I was practicing, and I kind of hit the target without looking at it, and just sort of, I knew, like, boom. (laughs) And, you know, actors and cowboys. Uh, Yeah. um,
0: Yeah. Talk about being in the zone, wow.
1: Being in the zone, being in the zone. Uh, You know, something you alluded to yesterday that I never really thought about with this movie, and there's a perfect example here, and that's, you know, Mystery or Empty um yeah the the good guys in this movie are laconic they are stoic they are the perfect western heroes they are cool they uh they they say obvious things subtly um they they mean what they say but to counter that in this movie yeah the the bad guys are all very loud and obnoxious that's kind of what i was you know in my intro you know there's I hadn't really thought of it before, but every time we see a bad guy, with the exception of Tyree, uh, who's the most dangerous of bad guys, he's the bad guy who doesn't say much.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> they're all telling you pretty much what they like. You're out, you're out, Mister, or you know Brian Denny telling uh, Peyton you owe me thirteen dollars. Yeah, and it's like here's here's where you're weak, buddy.
1: It's, uh... Yeah, the henchmen they just all have to growl it, and it's yeah they, that is a bit of a a trope in westerns. You know, yeah. you, in in the barroom you have the loud guy, who picks the fight, and you know, the, you know, you have the, uh, Gary Cooper, you know, the Virginian, you know, the, you know, the laconic guy who you know, smile when you say that. So it's uh, perfect example here. Uh, the bad guys are are really rubbing it in as well. Yeah. The, only, and, the, the mustache twirling is the only thing missing.
0: Yeah. It, the other, I, I I don't know if this is subtle or what, but uh, when when we see the other uh guys on horseback the the good guys always have perfect tack and by tack I mean their their saddle blanket and uh and gear that's hung off the saddle. We get a close up briefly of Emmett's uh Emmett's tack and it's just gorgeous. He's got these, you know, breast buckles and just everything's hung perfectly in place, perfectly folded uh uh horse saddle uh but you know when they, when the other guys are coming up, uh the bad guy's coming into uh to you know, rope, rope and hog tie Emmett. Uh, he's got a kind of a sloppy horse with a bedroll tied loosely to uh, to the back of it, and it's like, well, you can tell it's the bad guy. He just doesn't know how to properly uh, attire a horse. Um, it, it's just it's, and this is only like frames of stuff that you you wind up noticing these things. Um, how the thing I cannot figure out though that real, I mean, I guess it's just this. this It's the the 80s fashion sense. How does Emmett sit down in those pants? Those those pants are the tightest pants I've ever seen on anybody. I mean, it's got, he's got like thigh gaps. (laughs) It's just how, you know, it's, um, it just doesn't seem like a comfortable way to go through the day, especially if you're trying to shoot. You cannot, I mean, I don't think he can bend his knees in those things.
1: This is true. I had never thought about, uh, uh, Scott Glenn's trousers at all before, but you know yeah. what you mentioned on Monday. Something you know you had a, uh, bothered you a little bit was the, you know, the impeccable tailoring, um, and you, that you see in the barroom scene with everybody's suits. And it, you know, probably a, an example here that um, yeah, that you probably didn't have trousers this tight in the 1880s. i eighty s. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a, a tangent again because it reminds me of. One, maybe one of my favorite TV shows, The Wild Wild West. Ah, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that show, the, the, the centerpiece were the very over-the-top fight scenes that Robert Conrad would do with his uh, team of stuntmen. And uh, I, I, one thing I like to do when I watch that show was seeing Robert uh, Conrad split his pants. <laughs> in some of those scenes because you know he's doing all the you know i think he studied under bruce lee as well he definitely had some martial arts skills very athletic guy but you know he also had he also had very tight pants and uh you would you'd see a split in the back and then it would be conveniently gone at the after the fight but yeah um, it, uh it yeah tel-
0: yeah television there were so many fights back then i was always interested in how um Used to watch Mannix with Mike Connors, <laughs> and uh, Mannix would inevitably every like this after the second commercial well, as they were approaching the second commercial break, he would be beaten to a pulp, <laughs> and and he'd be you know, like he'd be back and he might have like a band on his uh, on, on the side of by, by the side of his eye, but uh, every time they went to the fight scenes they would drop in a fellow who, you know, obviously Mike Connors was like in his late forties maybe when he was shooting Mannix, but all of a sudden he turned into this 20 year old guy with, you know, was built like a, you know, built like an inverted V or, yeah. or like a V. And, um, y- you know, he just starts banging away at the, at the bad guys. And, uh, and then he turned back into Mike Connors. <laughs> it was like, could they just, doesn't, aren't there any stunt men that are built like Mike Connors? <laughs> um, but, uh, very, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was television. We're supposed to, we're supposed to ignore that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And the, the uh, yeah. And, you know, that's just everybody fighting with haymaker punches, but yeah. Uh,
0: Exhausting. It's, uh, yeah. uh,
1: I did. Yeah. I just, a, a real, hopefully not too big aside. I watched a, a silent movie not too long ago that had a very big fight scene, but it was, it was a real fight. It was an unchoreographed, you know, sort of bear hugs and, wild punches and you know i thought to myself yeah that's what a real fight looks like it's it's a very unchoreographed thing and you know i'm, I'm sure someone has done you know a, a complete thesis on the evolution of the fight scene but you know as, as movies progress along and then you know tv shows yeah you have those those perfectly choreographed haymakers
0: yeah yeah that, you know <laughs> we
1: kind of grew up with uh you know socko
0: yeah exactly yeah bam pow um yeah and you know the other thing here is uh counting counting the six shooter in a revolver. I'm thinking, well, you know yesterday we were talking about the forty four caliber of uh, Henry rifle, and it's like this is just a call back to uh, dirty harry it's uh it's interesting interesting being able to count and i mean even though this is a this is a trope, I can't remember the other Western where they were talking about six six shots, and you're out um but i mean well you've had uh, i mean you could do bond with you had your six um uh, but this this little trope of counting how many shots you've fired is, uh, you know, the fatal flaw that uh, Emmett hadn't been, <laughs> Emmett sort of saved one in the chamber.
1: I, I, I feel sorry for Emmett here because it's 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 like he gets called out, you know, the, the, the six-shooter is empty when the screenwriter deems it important for the six-shooter to be empty because... Uh, you know, I mean, we've definitely seen Western movies where, uh, you know, that six shooter goes eight, nine, <laughs> ten, you know, eleven, twelve. Uh, it's just, yeah, they they run out when the screenwriter needs him to run out. You know, case being here, yeah, you're you're empty, Mister. Um, I I was trying to rewrite the scene, right? You know, because I'm thinking, well, this is Emmett. He's he's, he's got to have a Derringer in his boot or something. Yeah, like yeah, or, he's, or he's gonna they... have. Have, yeah. have
0: one on his right hip, you know, that you've been, you've just been seeing his left hip, and then he just reaches over and pulls out the other pistol that he had on him and bang, yeah. bang, bang.
1: Or I tried, you know, I, 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 one, at one point when I viewed 83, I, I sort of counted uh, as, you know, as uh, Tyree's riding his horse, I was like, right, come on, Emmett, you have time to open the gun, put it, put in one bullet, you know, do one of the chamber spin it. And I was like, no, no, that's, uh I, what i'm doing there is a rewrite <laughs> Mr. yeah it wouldn't have liked that but
0: uh yeah if we didn't do that we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a movie
1: so. yeah we wouldn't yeah we, we wouldn't have a uh a very nice scene coming up but yeah, yeah what we have but what we have here is uh, uh we have jeff fahey sneering Eesh. yes <laughs>
0: <gasps> nastily he's, yeah uh, he's good i i keep trying to remember that he's tyree but i always see him as a uh, the pilot Lepidus from uh, from Lost, he'll always be Lepidus to me.
1: I, you know, and it's funny. I uh, I did not realize that was Jeff Fahey until when, in our minute, you know, we uh, the week we did, you know, Tyree shows up, and uh, my my co host Hor- Josh Horbs. Yes, JF Fahey of this and that and Lost. I was like, Wait, he was the pilot. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've had that. You know, you're you're looking right at somebody, uh, and you just you don't recognize him because yeah. and
0: it and it was you know it was 20 years earlier it was 25 years earlier almost before uh you know in, be, in between uh lost and and silverado um
1: true true and you know it's i think it you know jeff Fahey he wasn't a kid here he's sort of you know he's sort of photographed looking he's got kind of a youthful billy the kid uh demeanor to a aura, but yeah you know, and he was like he was probably the same age as scott glider close to it he was he was not a kid yeah, yeah, and,
0: yeah. and uh, 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 and he he does. I, I mean, he didn't. He was a good guy. He did do good playing a good guy and lost, but I think he's a great villain. If you've uh, if you've ever seen the uh, over the top machete, um, uh-huh. he, was, he was the bad guy in Machete, and uh, just he comes. He's grown into this role of being a. He can be an evil corporate guy as well as a you know wild outlaw like he is here. Um he, he just comes across as menacing to the point of, you know, he's almost psychotic in how much, how much he hates everybody Uh, in this this movie. He's just, he's almost blinded by how much he just hates people for existing. (laughs) And he just, you know, he's not, he's not very much of a professional.
1: No, Um, no, uh, he, he does uphold the, uh, the tradition of, uh, he he's the Bruce Dern cowboy. Yes. You know, you think you know. He's the you know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with a squeaky voice, and I'm gonna say crazy things. And you know, uh, Bruce Stern did that. Uh, probably Harry Dean Stanton probably did that more than once. Uh, we could probably think of a few other character actors who would do the, you know, the the creaky voice. Uh, yeah. Early, what? early Bill Paxton was kind of that guy. The, yes. The smiling, yes. sneering. Was it? Uh,
0: was it real Lobo that? uh. I'm trying to re- I'm trying to remember the Bruce Dern maniacal one um, you know, the extremely maniacal just uh, you know it's, it's, um but yeah it's it's you need you need the psycho the psycho gunslinger uh, in in any good movie where you know he's completely out of control. Um, there's a uh, in uh, 1976 the Dino de Laurentiis uh, well uh, john wayne's last film the shootest he was uh he was up against some bad guys, and i remember i can't even remember who who played him, but they had another psycho guy that
1: was uh that
0: that John Wayne had to put away and I think he was the last guy that he was the last guy that Wayne killed before
1: uh, uh... oh now i'm now now I want to just race over to i m d b because yeah i'm <laughs> I'm picturing these guys at the you know, they're like sort of the L.Q. Jones generation.
0: Yeah, Bill McKinney, that kind of.
1: Bill McKinney, is. yeah, and and that's funny because, uh, you know, that one of the deputies in the scene has a kind of that Bill McKinney look. Uh, I don't think it is Bill McKinney, but yeah, they're just, um, you know, these guys were central casting on stuff like Gunsmoke. Yeah, and, yeah, you just want you like know. a
0: slight, a slightly chubby guy who, uh, you know, spits tobacco and shoots and can can die well
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah and uh yeah
0: in looking it up it was bill mckinney that i was thinking of in in the shooters yeah um
1: good shooting there
0: yeah, yeah, wow! I I didn't know I knew that. So
1: that was a um, that was, that was a that was a good year for Bill McKinney because as I recall, it was Bill McKinney was uh, he was quite psychotic in the Outlaw Josie Wales.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you know, and of course his his star turn in uh, in Deliverance just gives you
1: oh yeah, 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 Ugh. yeah. Oh, that's a that's a whole separate, um, you know, we could we could do a whole series. Oh um, yeah, feeder yeah. Bill
0: McKinney would be uh, fantastic. I mean, he just. Uh uh he was uh jeff bridges coach in against all odds oh nice and I, and I think he had a he had a role to play with james woods in that i think somehow ah. uh, i can't remember but uh just yeah it, it okay. well I mean, we're we're, we're going a field but yeah i can oh, certainly i, I yeah, can watch, watch uh bill mckinney theater as much uh as much as possible he just was in everything um wow well uh yeah this is as as we were saying this is uh, curtailing the uh the, the or it is the precipitating event that's going to send us uh on a course uh to the end of the film so we are going to begin uh w- well we're going to finish the the second act uh tomorrow i think with uh with well with emmett's salvation here but uh he's uh he's definitely setting up you know, if they just left Emmett alone, everything would be fine. But now they're <laughs> stirring that pot, you know, kicking that hornet's nest. Um, but they, they have to do that because it's their very nature just to, just to get, <laughs> get everything going.
1: They can't <laughs> help it.
0: No, no. it's uh, They can't, can't help it. Can't yeah. be out west and not be the bad guy.
1: Yeah. Wow. There's, the, wow. you know, that it's the Lone Ranger's mask. I got to yeah. do it yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's a uh, uh it's in- inevitable as they say or yeah well um wow i think i think that kind of takes us to the end of wednesday um uh, excellent at least excellent minute. um I, again thank you so much for for step stepping in this week as uh, as one of our substitute hosts here uh this is this is a great show I, i've been looking you know I, I get to hear i get to hear all the all the shows before everybody else does and <laughs> i am I never stop being astounded by the quality of Movies by Minutes hosts. We get so many different points of view, so many uh, well-informed points of view uh, on these group projects, and it just makes me want to go out and listen to everybody else's show just to, just to catch up and see what else, what else they're looking at. Um, but where can people listen to you? I mean, we've talked about this yesterday, but where, where is the easiest place to find some of your uh, audio works out there?
1: Yeah, 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 real quick. Uh, you know, I haven't been on a, a regular uh, in a while, but yeah, you could go back and uh, listen to five minutes of trouble, uh, where we talked about uh, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, which is a western, and uh, then you know the follow up to that was uh, five minutes of Bonsai, uh, where we talked about the adventures of Buckaroo Bak- Bonsai across the eighth dimension, which is also basically a western with lectroids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, those two are still around. I also uh, do a show, or I'm involved in a show called Twelve Chimes. It's midnight. That's more uh, straight up old time radio uh, suspense and drama, and uh, I, and
0: fun. It's lots of fun too. Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, conjuring up certain voice actors. But you know, there's another tan- tangent. I'll just stop right there. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, just with, you know, old time radio drama and, uh, I've, I've written a few and I've acted in a few and, uh, that's also a lot of fun too. So yeah, that's, I'm a, and I'm around and I'm, a, I'm available to be a guest. Yes. I as,
0: as can be seen in this very episode.
1: I <laughs> just happened to be in the neighborhood. Wow. And I just happened to have my microphone with me. That's how awesome.
0: I yes. I know it's, it, it's, it's odd. You're just driving around with that big, that big velocity mic the... and <laughs> yeah kind of looks like Bing Crosby, if you see any of his album covers from the 40s. <laughs> Love it.
1: Love it. Wow.
0: Well, if, if you're interested in crooning, uh, uh, listening to our other crooners here on, uh, on the Silverado podcast, you can find us out there at all the typical Podcatching places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Or at the main site, you can find us uh, out there on the interweb at silveradominute.com. Uh, if you want to get more interactive with us, we're available on social media at The Midnight Star. The Silverado Minute uh, listeners saloon out there on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, always at uh, Silverado MXM, which stands for Movies by Minutes, which is the group that Brett and I. Have, uh, everybody else you've been listening to pretty much has been a part of. Uh, so we will see you here tomorrow as we uh, gosh kind of find out what's going to happen to poor old Hogtied Emmett. So uh, join us here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anybody uh, you know got, the, got him in under ten seconds. Well, we'll find out. But. Uh, <laughs> But please join us here tomorrow on the Silverado Minute. And until then,
1: yee You out-yee-hawed me. Oh, I, he- I demand a rematch. That's okay. okay let's went- tomorrow. No, no. <laughs> to- tomorrow.